Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. If you wouldn't mind, please pray with me. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you, God, we never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person and that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today that they can use, that they can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You know what's coming up next is your Bible confession. Lift your Bibles up and say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God-breathed. And I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, family, you know that we have been talking about that under God's guidance, tears grow flowers. We have been working on this message for some time, keeping in mind that there's a larger series, Till Death Do Us Part, but we've rested here on this topic. We, are, we find ourselves in the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth is a very short book. It only has four chapters. And we've made our way through the first chapter and a half, which means that Ruth has two and a half more chapters worth of insight that we can get some good stuff out of. If I want to get you that good stuff, though, that leaves me with a workman's task. And I do aim to get you that information during this season session. So here's what I want you to know. As we go through the book of Ruth, there may be times that we don't read every single verse of the particular chapter. But you know what that means? It just means that you get a little homework. It just means that you get the opportunity. Yes, it's an opportunity for you to actually crack your Bible, turn on your phone and look at your Bible for yourself. That's good stuff. We're going to pick up where we left off. If you want to get some updates, like maybe you missed a couple of sessions, just go back. It's all available for you to listen to. But Ruth chapter 2, voice version, translation of the Bible, verse 17. Let's wrap this up. It says, so Ruth worked in the field all day until the sun nearly set. When she finished picking up the leftover ears, she beat her gathered barley grains from the stalks with a stick. All that work resulted in over 20 quarts of grain. Then she carried it back to the city where her mother-in-law saw how much she had gleaned. Ruth took out the leftover food from what she had not eat, for what she could not eat from her midday meal and gave it to Naomi. Where did you get go to work today, Naomi said. Where did you glean all this from? 
God bless the person who gave you this kind of attention. So Ruth told Naomi the story of all that had happened to her that day and whose land she had worked. Ruth says, the man I worked with today is named Boaz, to which Naomi responds, may the eternal bless this man. He has not given up showing his covenant love towards the living and the dead. This man is closely related to us. He is a kinsman redeemer of our family. Say kinsman redeemer. Yes. Notice this. Naomi says to Ruth that the man you've been engaging with is our kinsman redeemer. Let's look at that word. Kinsman redeemer. It's a hyphenated word. Now, kinsman is kind of straightforward. It's blood relative. So we could say a blood relative redeemer. But the word we really want to focus in on is that second word in that hyphenated term, redeemer. The root of redeemer is redeem. To redeem means to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. Or redeem means to save or rescue or kind of free up from danger. When you think of the word redeem, other words that should come to mind are words like retrieve, reclaim, recover, repurchase, get back, win back, buy back, rescue, liberate, unchain, loose, unbind. Therefore, a kinsman redeemer is a blood relative who takes on the responsibility of helping a family member get out of harm or danger. A kinsman redeemer is someone who helps a family member retrieve something they lost, reclaim something they lost, recover something they lost, get back, win back, buy back, liberate, or be unchained. A kinsman redeemer is someone that can free you up from bondage, free you up from slavery. That's a kinsman redeemer. Redeemer, though, I have to say for us as believers, when we are children of the most high God, spiritually speaking, we have a redeemer. Jesus is our redeemer. The Bible says that Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians says it this way. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14 in the NIV Bible. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6 in the NIV Bible. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Naomi tells Ruth 
the person that you have been working with is a kinsman redeemer of our family. Ruth was not aware of it, but hey, she was engaging the redeemer. More importantly, if Ruth maintains the proper relationship with the redeemer, she's going to see better days. Family, no matter what you're going through, if you maintain the proper relationship with your redeemer, you're going to see a better day. No matter how hard you cry, no matter how dim it looks, no matter what they say, if you maintain the proper relationship with your redeemer, you're going to see a better day. Say this with me. If I maintain the proper relationship with my redeemer, I'm going to see a better day. Naomi says to Ruth, the person that you have been engaging with is a kinsman redeemer. Verse 21, Ruth says, that is not all he did. Boaz also instructed me to stay with his young workers for the remainder of his grain harvesting season. Naomi replies, it is best that you do what he says. Stay with his young women who bind the sheaves. They will help you. They will help you. They will keep you safe from the hostility and danger of working in another's field. So that is what Ruth did. All right. Check out this sentence, y'all. Go to the next one, please. So that is what Ruth did. She kept close to Boaz's young female servants. And what is those last words? Say this with me. And picked up everything they dropped. Stop right there. Give me my tear slide again. Loved ones. If you want to dry up your tears quicker. If you want to dry up your, your tears faster. If you want to get out of your funk faster. Start picking up the seeds that friends and family members drop off your way in an effort to help your life be get better and to help you live again. Amen. Now, most likely, those seeds come in a form of invitations. Invitations like, hey, let's go to lunch. Loved ones. That invitation is not about lunch. That invitation is about you. That is an invitation to uncurl yourself from the couch and to shake off that depression. That invitation is an invitation for you to uncurl yourself off the couch and shake off that pain. That invitation is an invitation for you to uncurl yourself off the couch and shake off that heartbreak. That invitation is an invitation for you to uncurl yourself off the couch and stop being so woe is me. That invitation is an invitation for you to open up the curtains and let some light in. That invitation is an invitation for you to get out of the house and let the warmth of the sunshine hit your face. That invitation is an invitation for you to get out of your house, get from behind that closed door, stop sulking, get some fresh air, and begin to engage life again. 
you pick up those seeds. Pick them up. A family friend or a loved one come to you and say you want to go to lunch. Your response would be, okay, way we're going. Hey, you want to go to dinner? What time should I be ready? You want to go to church? Pick me up 30 minutes before it starts. You want to go to my family reunion? Yo, mama making sweet potato pie, I'll be there. <laughs> you want to go to California with me? I'm packing my bags right now. You want to go for a walk? Lace and my sneakers. Let me know what time to be out there. You want to go to a beach? Girl, I'll bring the sunblock. You want to have a game night? You bring the Uno, I'll bring the nachos. We can make this thing happen. You want to do a movie night? What we watch, a rom-com or adventure or sci-fi? When people extend the offer to drop off a seed to help you get better, you pick up that seed. Remember, God can use the seeds planted in your life from others to grow flowers for you. Those invitations are not about lunch or dinner or movie. They are about you. And every single time you decline that invitation, you choose to stay in your funk. You choose to stay in your pain. You choose to stay in your heartbreak. You stop choosing to do that. If you want an exodus, choose your exodus right now. You decide. You have to say yes to people and stop saying no. You have to accept the invitation that is in the form of a seed that family and friends give you who love you that want to get you to a better place. You have to accept that seed. Stop turning that seed away. Pick up that seed. God can use that seed to grow flowers for you. Pick up the seed. Pick up the seed. Hey, and for the record, I ain't talking about picking up every seed. Not everyone that offers you an opportunity to get out of your funk is good for you to accept that invitation. Some invitation you need to turn away. Some invitations you need to say no to. I am talking about good, healthy, wholesome invitations. I'm talking about righteous activities. Here is what we're not talking about. We are not talking about that invitation that they give you. Hey, girl, let's go get drunk. Yo, bruh, let's go get toe up. We are not talking about the invitation to get your puff on. We are not talking about the invitation to take a piece of X. We are not talking about the invitation to get high. We are not talking about the invitation to let's go to the club and turn up. We are not talking about making it rain in the club. We are not talking about going to see the girls strip. We are not talking about that. We are not talking about getting drunk. We're not talking about getting high. We're not talking about getting turned up. And guess what? We are not talking about you getting on that cruise ship or that airplane to go to some foreign place to go get your groove back. We are not talking about casual sex. We are absolutely, positively not talking about any of those things. Those are not good seeds. You know what they, what they say. What goes on in Vegas, stay in Vegas. What go on in Vegas, better be righteous. What go on in Vegas.
Vegas better be godly. What go on in Vegas better be getting you to a better place. The best way to get over one lover is to get under another. We're not talking about that. That's a bunch of mess. That is not godly. We are not talking about it. No, don't do it. No, don't do it. Red light, stop sign, put a big X on it. We're not talking about any of those. Those are not the seeds we're talking about. Anybody that calls themselves a friend that gives you such an invitation, you need to relabel them today. Any family member that gives you such an invitation, they may be blood relative, but they are not family. No, not the seeds we're talking about. To put it in simpler terms, what I'm trying to say is when family and friends give you healthy, good faith, righteous seeds, when they make a good faith effort to reach out to you to help you dry your tears, to help you get to a better life, to help you get back on your feet, to help you get out of that depression, to help you get out of that funk, accept the help. Stop turning help away. When God has strategically put people in your life that can unbind you, why are you choosing to stay in your shackled state? I don't care if it's pride. Shake it off. I don't care if, hey, the last time I let somebody help me, they did me wrong. Listen, you've had a bad meal before you didn't stop eating. Why you elect to draw a definitive line on life? Life will continue to roll. You must always be ready to change, transform, shift, adapt. If you draw a, a concrete line in life, you're just making trouble for yourself. I don't want, I don't want people to, you know, know my situation. Receiving help doesn't require you to tell people your situation. Sometimes people just hear from God. They just reach out. Sometimes, believe it or not, I can tell you and take it from someone who was a husband and a father, been married for a long time. I have a lot of family, have friends. I am really, I, I, hey, friendship for me is like a sport. I engage. And when you are close to somebody long enough, you can tell when they're different. I don't care what they say. They'll look you square in your eye and tell you they okay. You know they lying. You don't even act like that when you feel good. Something wrong with you. It might be physical. It might be mental. It might be emotional. You don't want to tell me, but guess what? I know something wrong with you. My wife can tell a mile of the way when my butt is on my shoulder. I'm just, just stinking, just not acting right. A mile away. She knows me. When I'm talking with that friend and that friend that's usually so bubbly, it's just not coming across. They don't have to tell me. I just know they usually just don't sound like that. Why are you holding on to your tears? 
Granted, God can use your tears to grow flowers, but he can't grow flowers with tears you don't give him. And by the way, he can't use their tears to grow flowers using seed you refuse to hand to him. Under God's guidance, indeed, indeed, tears grow flowers, but we have a lot to do with it. Verse 23. Now, Naomi has basically talked to, to Ruth and said, you, you, you follow Boaz's advice. 23 says, so that is what Ruth did. She kept close to Boaz's young female servants and picked up everything they dropped. She worked hard throughout the seven weeks, say seven weeks, the seven weeks of the wheat and barley seasons until the harvest was complete in early summer. And this whole time she lived with her mother at her mother-in-law's home. Now, seven weeks there. That may seem insignificant. But it's not. That seven week time frame is very significant. I'm not talking about significant and like a spiritual, hey, you know what the Bible does when it ever used the number seven? I ain't talking about that. I'm just talking about it's significant in the context of the story. Hold on to that seven weeks. We're coming back to it. We step into chapter three. Chapter three, verse one, voice translation. Naomi says to Ruth, my child. It is my responsibility to find a husband and place and place of rest for you, a place where you will find rest and contentment. And you have been working alongside the young women who serve Boaz. Is he not a part of our family? Early this evening, during the late afternoon, when he will be on the threshing floor, winnowing the barley, bathe and perfume yourself. Put on your best dress, then go down onto the threshing floor. Now, you know what Naomi doing. <laughs> Boaz is a man, right? Girl, bathe yourself. Put on some of that Chinese cherry blossom. You know what I mean? <laughs> Japanese cherry blossom. I see that thing on the counter all the time. I'm like, well, we are giving these people our money for this stuff. It's always in my house. <laughs> give me a good, give me a good perfume. Anybody got one? Prada. Dior. See, Gucci. Girl, put on a, put on one of them with a mix of the, all three. I don't know. Put, put them on. Tiffany. You know what she's trying to do. She say, put on your best dress, then go down there. Be careful, though. Don't let him know you're there until he's finished eating. Like a dude, until he finished eating and drinking. Once he's relaxed, he will lie down to sleep. Make sure you notice where he is. Once he has lain down, go to him, uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. Verse five, family. Ruth says, I will do everything you have told me to do. When you're talking about drying up your tears, 
and God gives you a word. God gives you an action to do. God, God gives you some task or, or something. It can come through a message here. It can come through your prayer time. It can come through a friend. It can come through your child. However the message gets to you, you can't just do part of it. Ruth said, I will do everything you have told me to do. Loved ones, you have to do everything that God tells you to do. There used to be a song that we used to sing in the Baptist church. It goes like this. Lord, I'm running. Trying to make a hundred. And 99 and a half just won't do. When God tells you to do something, 50-50 won't work, 60-40 won't work, 99 and a half and 0.5 won't work. Do everything that God has told you to do. Ruth says, I will do everything you have told me to do. Now, he, here is Naomi asking Ruth, Basically, I want you to bathe yourself and get 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 pretty and and smell good. She is trying to get Ruth in her most presentable form. And coach her to waiting for the right time to engage Boaz. Family, that may be the case in this story. That may be the tradition that Naomi and Ruth and Boaz are working with. But let me tell you, I am so thankful and grateful that when it comes to our Redeemer, our Redeemer is not asking you to get yourself in the best position before you come to him. Our Redeemer says, come as you are. Our Redeemer is not asking you to wait for the right time to get with him. Our Redeemer is telling you the best time to say yes to Jesus is right now. Verse six. So she went down to the threshing floor and followed through with everything her mother in law told her. I want to tell you something. This is just me. And having gone through just what we've gone through so far in the book of Ruth. I know Naomi wanted her to be presentable. I know Naomi wanted her to wait for the right time. But family. Boaz is already so enamored with Ruth, he would take Ruth as she is right now. He already knows so much about her. He always already has have observed so much about her. He already is ready to say yes before the question even gets asked. Guess what? When it comes to your redeemer. You may be saying, I need to wait for the right time. You, meet the, you might be saying, I want to keep myself until I get presentable. But guess what? Your redeemer is ready to say yes to you before you even ask. Verse 6 says she went down to the threshing floor and followed through with everything her mother-in-law told her. I want you to jump down to verse 9. So there she is now laying down at Boaz's feet. He wakes up and he says this. Who are you? Ruth says, I am your servant, Ruth. 
spread out the hem of your garment so that it covers your servant. You are a near relative of our family. Verse 10 family through 12. Boaz says, may the eternal bless you, my daughter, for the loyal love you are showing now is even greater than what you showed before. You have not pursued a younger man, either a rich one or a poor one. You may rest easy. You have nothing to fear, my child. I will do everything you ask. Everyone in the city agrees you are a woman of virtuous character. You are right that I am in line as a near relative of your family. But everybody say but. But I am not the only one, nor the most likely. There is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Boaz does not step up and immediately say, Ruth, yes, I will marry you. He rightly says there is another person who is a kinsman redeemer that's closer in the relation chain than I am. He's telling her that there is another person who is first in line to take you as his wife. In total, be taking Naomi's property and you come with it. Say this with me. Boaz was willing to let the process work. He is not searching for a loophole or shortcut. Family, loopholes and shortcuts are telltale signs that you're looking to do things the wrong way. And let me tell you, when you elect to do things the wrong way, things done the wrong way have to continue to be propped up with tricks and schemes. Things done the wrong way requires you to keep putting up work to keep them up. Whereas when you do things the right way, more than likely, you just have to do them one time. Frankly speaking, when you do things the wrong way, typically you end up with it costing you more in the end. When you are on the road to a better you, pursue getting better the right way. The tears that you cry. We've already talked about what people may offer you as an invitation. That's a loophole and a shortcut. That's not the way you want to try to. How are you going to dry your tears and get better when you're so drunk you don't even know where you are? How are you going to dry your tears and get better when you're so high you don't know that you got high on Tuesday and not a day Saturday? There are no loopholes or shortcuts to doing things the right way. To just make it practical, 
even more practical than the examples we gave you before. What are some loopholes and shortcuts people try to use to dry up their tears? Listen to this. Some people try to buy acquaintances or attention. You know what they call it, trying to buy friends, trying to buy happiness, trying to buy love. That's a shortcut. Find happiness and joy the right way and you will retain it no matter what your situation is. No matter what your financial condition is. What, what's another way? Some people rush into intimate relationships simply because they don't want to be by themselves. Not wanting to be by yourself is no reason to enter into an intimate relationship. I'm not saying you don't find somebody that you enjoy spending time with, but listen, make sure you're spending time with that person for the right reason. What about this shortcut? Building or running a business without the appropriate licenses, legal paperwork, or controls in place. It's a shortcut. It's going to end up costing you more in the end. And when it ends up costing you more in the end, guess what? You end up shedding more tears than you started with. Verse 13. Boaz says, spend the rest of the night here. In the morning, I will give him a chance, meaning that other kinsman's that other redeemer, I will give him a chance to act as your kinsman redeemer and redeem you and your family. If he is willing to do so, do this good. But if he is not willing to fulfill his responsibility, even as the eternal one lives, I promise I will redeem your family by marrying you. Now remain here until morning comes. Move down to verse 16. When Ruth returned home to Naomi's returned to Naomi's home, her mother-in-law asked her daughter what happened. Ruth related all that Boaz had said and done. Verse 18, Naomi says, now you must wait, daughter. We must wait and see what happens. Be at peace. Say this with me. That man will not rest today until this is resolved. Naomi tells Ruth. Boaz has told you something. And now I want you to be at peace. And I want you to realize that he will not rest until it is resolved. What she's saying is, Ruth, realize that you have told the Redeemer something. And the Redeemer has told you something in return. The Redeemer has told you what he's going to do. And even if you don't see him working on it, you keep your peace and know that it don't matter whether or not you see the Redeemer working on it. The Redeemer is going to work on your situation until it gets resolved. Loved ones, I already told you we got a Redeemer. And whenever there is something going on in your life, 
know that even if you don't see God working on it, know that the Redeemer is not going to rest until your issue is resolved. You have peace in that. Know that the Redeemer is always working. Even if you don't see him working. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, the devil thought he had one. But God told him, you didn't win. The same woman that you beguiled is going to produce a seed. And that seed is going to crush your head. Said differently what God was telling the devil, say, hey, you, had, you didn't win. Because somewhere outside of your view, the Redeemer is already on the way. You know what? When, when Abraham... When Abraham made the decision to sacrifice Isaac and he was walking towards that mountain, somewhere outside of Abraham's view, a ram was getting caught in the bush. When Goliath marched through time on his way to challenge the children of Israel, somewhere outside of everyone's view, a young shepherd boy named David was getting trained. Hey. Check this out. When Mary and Martha were weeping over the death of their brother Lazarus, somewhere outside their view, Jesus was already on the way. What am I telling you, loved ones? Remember when we stepped off into the book of Ruth, the Bible says that Naomi Naomi made the decision to come to return home. And when she made that decision to turn, return home, it was at the beginning of harvest season. In other words, it was just during the time when Boaz was going to start getting ready to look over the collections in his field. When Naomi was making the decision to come home, God was already getting Boaz in position. Hear what I'm saying. When Ruth and Naomi were making their journey back to Bethlehem, with every step, God already had the Redeemer on the way. As you're going through your tears, as you're seeing that times are hard, as you're thinking for some reason that God is not there, you need to realize that you just need to go through. Because on the other side of your tears, that sunny day that you're looking for, out there somewhere beyond where you can see, God has already determined that he's going to make the Redeemer show up. The Redeemer, loved ones, is already on the way. The Redeemer the person that's there to rescue, the person there to unbind, the person there to unchain, the person there to get you out of harm's way is already on the way. When Naomi said, I'm going to go back to Bethlehem, God said, check that, Boaz, get ready.
Jump into chapter 4. As a matter of fact, go back with me. There's something else I want to mention. I forgot my seven weeks. Naomi said to Ruth that I want you to rest. Boaz is not going to stop until he handles this today. Now, guess what? Ruth can trust those words, not just because Naomi said it. Ruth can just trust those words, loved ones, because she has engaged Boaz for seven weeks. Ruth can trust that Boaz is not going to stop until he gets the job done because she has already observed his character for seven weeks. She has observed him keep his word for seven weeks. Boaz was observing her, but Ruth was also observing him. That same thing applies to us. Ruth was able to have peace that Boaz was going to do just what Boaz said he was going to do because she had experience with Boaz. You and I, many of us, you know how we come to know God because our mama, our grandmama, somebody take us to church. Somebody tell us about God based on their experience with God. But you will not trust God and have it solid and solidified and be able to stand on it until you get experience with God for yourself. You have to get experience with God for yourself. Check this out. Hearsay will arouse interest. But hearsay will not instill trust. Personal experience instills trust and the Bible says that you should have a personal experience with God for yourself listen to what Paul says in Ephesians Amplified Classic chapter 3 verses 17 through 19 may Christ through your faith actually dwell settle down abide make his permanent home in your hearts may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it, that you may really come to know, practically through experience for yourself, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere, un mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being until all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Chapter four. Now, chapter four, Boaz is going to engage this this redeemer. He calls the redeemer from in front of the gate. He gathers 10 people around and he says this. Verse three. He's talking to the Redeemer. You have heard of Naomi. She is the woman who recently returned from Moab. She is transferring her rights 
to the plot of land belonging to her deceased husband, husband, our relative, Elimelech. I wanted you to know about it because a close family member, you are a close, as a close family member, you have the first right to purchase it. If you want to do so, we have enough elders sitting here to witness the transaction. If you want to become the guardian and redeem this land, it is yours. But if you do not, if you're not interested in this, tell me now the right belongs to you. But if you refuse it, I'm next in line. The kinsman redeemer says, of course, I will exercise my option to redeem the land. Now, the man happily steps up to redeem the land. But Boaz is getting ready to tell him, hey, guess what? It's something you need to know. He's getting ready to tell him. The land comes with a woman and her name is Ruth. If you want the land, Ruth comes with it. Stay close to that because I want to I want to hit you with something. I want to deliver something to you. I don't want to hit you with anything. Verse five, Boaz starts off. Now, just so you know, on the day you buy this plot of land from Naomi, you will also acquire Ruth, the Moabitess. She is the dead man's widow. It will be your responsibility to make sure she has children so that they can carry her dead husband's name with the inheritance. Verse six, the kinsman redeemer thinks about that. He says, then I will not be able to redeem it. I will not put my own property at risk. I relinquish my right to redeem the land. You do it. Now, some commentators tell you that when he says he doesn't want to put his own land at risk, if he marries her and she has sons, then maybe his her sons now can pull on his property. But here's what I want to deliver to you. This kinsman's redeemer. The one that declines this property and Ruth. Give me the give me their tear slide again. He steps up and he says, yeah, I'll take that land. But he says that before he knew about Ruth. That is to say. He was willing to take possession of what he considered to be the best part of the deal. But he didn't want all of it. Now buckle yourself in for this one. For some of you, this might sting. We have this in life sometimes. Sometimes the reason why we have tears is because we are given our commitment and devotion to people who only want to extract the best part of us. Sometimes the tears we are crying is because we are pushing to have relationships and engagements with people and those people only want to use us to get the best part of us. They really don't want all of us. In that regard, you need to know that you're precious. You need to know your value. 
you need to know that if you're going to commit and put your heart and your time into somebody that they can at least accept all of you. You are not something that someone can just extract the best piece and leave the rest of you by the side of the road. Oh, he wanted the best part in his mind, but when it came time to accept all, he said no. As believers, as Christians, I know that we're supposed to show the love of God. I know we're supposed to show godly Christian concern. I know we're supposed to show godly Christ Christian kindness, but nobody should put themselves in the position to be anybody's doormat. You should not be anybody's stomping mat. You should not be anybody's plaything. You should have value enough in yourself to let that person know or at least tell yourself that I would not let somebody extract the best out of me and leave the rest of me by the side of the road. Jesus says, don't give precious things to dogs. Matthew 7, verse 6, voice, the voice. Don't give precious things to dogs. Don't give what's precious to dogs, to people that don't care, to people that, they, that can't perceive your value. Don't give precious things to dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine. You are precious jewelry. Don't cast your pearls before people that don't know your value. If you do, the pigs will trample the pearls with their little pig's feet. And then they will turn back and attack you. If you continue to give yourself to people that don't know your fuel value, that don't treat you with the value that you deserve, your tears will continue to fall. The kinsman redeemer says, it is now your responsibility. I don't want no parts of that. That's verse seven. In verse nine, Boaz says, Every one of you have witnessed this today. I'm going to take this right. Go to verse 13. Verse 13 in chapter four reads, then Boaz took responsibility of Ruth and they married. After they came together, Ruth conceived by the eternal's provision and later gave birth to a son. Family, as we bring this to a close, I want you to know this. Ruth is now walking in a blessing. But she doesn't get to her point of blessing if she gets frustrated and mad and quits on life. She never gets to this point of blessing if she doesn't continue to march through her tears. She never gets to see her flowers 
if she stops being committed and devoted, she never sees them. Naomi also gets blessed. And she gets new life as well. Both of these women, because they committed themselves to press through and get through her te their tears, they're both seeing flowers. You know what else is cool about this, though? It, the Bible says that Ruth had a son. The son's name is Obed. I want you to notice something. Obed's the father of Jesse, who's the father of David, who's in the lineage of Jesus. So the tears that Ruth and Naomi cried, they also grew flowers for us. If I were to provide you with a big picture summary, loved ones, of some of the key aspects of what we've talked about during these weeks together, here they are, three things. I'll say them twice, and then we'll put a period right there. Big summary statements are these. Number one, trust in God your whole life long. The next one, remain completely committed and devoted to him no matter your situation or circumstance. The last one, God will not only be there to support you through your tears, but use those tears to grow flowers, the seeds of which may come through the kindness and care of others. One more time, trust in God your whole life long. Remain completely committed and devoted to him no matter your situation or circumstance. God will not only be there to support you through your tears, but use those tears to grow flowers, the seeds of which may come through the kindness and care of others. I hope you've been blessed by this. I really, really hope that it's something that you can use to make your life better immediately. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come here as a congregation to give you praise, to give you worship, and to hear what you have to say to us. We know that you're always there. Whether we quote unquote feel you or not, we know. You are a God who keeps your promise. You are true to your word. Thus, we know you're there. I ask that those who are under the sound of my voice, who may have been, yeah, God, feeling as if there was no way, way out of their sadness, of their hurt, of their pain. I pray that they have received insight from your spirit on how you may have all the while been right next to them attempting to get them to a better place. 
Give them a heart to receive and accept those things that are good and wholesome to allow them to step out of their yesterday and into today and point their feet towards their better tomorrow. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.